0: Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the precious gift of your word. Lord, we need your Holy Spirit in abundance if we are to understand it here this morning. Lord, we pray that you may enlighten our minds as we read your word. And as you speak through me, Lord, we pray that you may indeed do so. And through the preaching of your word, may the people here be strengthened in the faith. And if there are any unbelievers here this morning, we pray that they may put their trust in Jesus Christ for the first time. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, when was the last time you experienced real pain, real suffering? The last time I think I experienced real pain, as in physical pain, was when I was feeding my son Joshua and I was... Giving him some peanut butter toast. He wants. Sometimes he is very lazy and doesn't want uh, to feed himself, and he wants you. And to speed things up, you feed him, and he does these big bites of the toast. And I. And he was going very aggressively, suddenly and out of the blue. And he bit my finger. And he did one of those real chomps. He was, was being silly with the toast, I think. And he chomped into my finger, and it really hurt. That's the. Last time that I can remember having significant pain in my body. It even left a red mark and I was expecting blood any moment afterwards. Uh, Joshua, of course, was very sympathetic and offered to kiss it better. It wasn't maliciously done, but it was my last moment of real pain in my life. But then again, we have different types of pain. It may not be simple bodily, physical pain that uh, we have recently experienced, but it can be mental anguish. And most weeks I experience some mental anguish in the fact that, despite my best efforts in ministering here in Des Moines, that we don't see more people embracing Jesus Christ. And that does indeed grieve me, that more and more people aren't coming to Jesus Christ and embracing him as their Lord and Saviour. Instead, they want to follow the ways of this world. And that is a a trial that I go through each week of suffering and pain as I consider how many people here are going to be experiencing great suffering and pain uh, if they do not embrace Christ. Well, this morning I want to look at the subject of pain and suffering As we come to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12, we've been slowly working through 1 Peter. And last week we looked at 1 Peter, verse 11, well, part of it. We looked at another part of it the previous week. And we looked at how we're meant to serve with God's strength. And now Peter begins a new section in the letter where he starts to talk about pain. And that's in verse 12 where he says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. And so my first main point this morning is that a Christian experiences pain. If you want to follow my main points this morning, they're on the back of the church bulletin, and so you can see my three main points there. And my first this morning is that a Christian does indeed experience pain. And that's what Peter is talking about when he says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering. As though something strange were happening to you. Peter describes the Christians that he's writing to as suffering indeed a painful trial. What is this painful trial? Well, it, the translation here for the NIV is probably not the best of translations. Uh, the word pain there is actually the word for fire. So it's really a fiery trial that they're experiencing, and other English translations translate it that way, that it's a fiery trial. And so what he's getting at, that the Christians are experiencing intense suffering. It's not that he's saying they're literally experiencing fire, that they're being burned, which, uh, although some of them uh, started to, at the, around this very time that Peter was writing, Nero started burning uh, Christians. Uh, but he's saying that Christians do experience painful trials, fiery trials, intense pain. Not simply the pain of somebody biting your finger, as painful as that can be, that you shout out or stubbing your toe, but real pain, real significant pain in your life. But were the Christians experiencing such pain? Well, yes. Unbelieving Jews were persecuting Christians at this time. You just read through the book of Acts and you can see how many people are persecuting the Christians. They persecuted the Christians with prison, With flogging, they beat them, and even death. You see that with Stephen. He's martyred early on in the Christian church by the Jews. They opposed him, and the Romans did nothing uh, to stop that uh, execution that they were carrying out on Stephen. And then we see Gentiles also attacking Christians in the book of Acts. It's not just the Jews who attack the Christians uh, but it's the Gentiles, the non-Jews, who go after the Christians as well. Examples of that are like when the Christians seem to affect the prophets of the Gentiles. The, uh, the, the Gentiles are making profit from sin or from worship of other gods, and the Christians come along, they start sharing the gospel, lots of people start becoming Christians, and what happens? Well, in Acts 19, we see that people stop buying little statues of their, uh, the goddess Artemis, and so the silversmith and his friends, uh his colleagues, all get together and they cause a riot against the Christians because their profits are being affected. And we also see uh, Paul getting in trouble when he exercises a demon possessed girl, takes the demon out of her, but she used to make a fortune for her owners she was a slave girl for her owners through predicting the future. And so their income revenue from that girl dries up as soon as that demon is exercised. And so they persecute Paul. So we see Gentiles causing pain on Christians as well. And then local officials also in the book of Acts we see uh, causing pain on early Christians as well. Fiery pain. Herod murders James. Chops off his head. James the brother of John. And Felix keeps Paul in prison waiting for a bribe in Acts 24. Festus also grants favours to the Jews by leaving Paul in prison, keeping Paul in prison, a fiery trial for him. And then, as I mentioned before, Nero heavily persecuted the Roman emperor himself, heavily persecuted the Christians to their point that the non Christians were embarrassed about how nasty. Uh, Nero was being towards those Christians and he literally was making them experience a fiery trial in that he used to uh, use uh, use Christians, I'm always afraid to talk about all the nasty things that happen um, uh, to Christians because it can make people a bit squeamish, but he used to use humans as uh, torches in his garden parties he used to cover them in tar and set them on fire and that was how he lit up his garden parties was with these Christians. Horrible things happened to Christians. They indeed were experiencing painful trials, as the NIV says, or fiery trials, as it literally says. They were indeed experiencing great pain. And so Peter's not talking about some abstract principle here. He's talking about real pain going on for the Christians. But the thing is, is that just the early Christians? Was it only early Christians that experienced pain? Or do some people still experience pain today? Do Christians experience painful trials, fiery trials today? Yes, indeed. Around the world at this time, many of our brothers and sisters are experiencing immense pain for being Christians. Just in this last month, I just got a couple of, uh, couple of countries that are persecuting, uh, Christians for being Christians. Uh, for example, in this last month, um, in Colombia, four months after guerrillas of the National Liberation Army sent a murdered evangelist's wife their first demand to abandon her home, so they told her, you've got to get out. The militants then made good on their threats on Monday, January 7, 2013. This year, the assassins entered the home she was in, opened fire on her with pistols, killing her instantly in front of her three children and her father. In Iran, an Iranian-born American pastor, so he was born in Iran, went over to America, he went back last summer to construct an orphanage when members of Iran's Revolutionary Guard snatched him off a bus, confiscated his passports, and threw him in prison. The pastor has been subjected to solitary confinement and beatings. And then in Egypt, a Christian mother and her seven children have been jailed for 15 years for changing their religious affiliation on their identity cards after they left Islam. And then in Vietnam, 14 Christian activists in Vietnam have been sentenced to between three and 13 years in prison on charges of subversion against the state. That's just in the last month, in 2013. The fiery trials that people are experiencing around the world. And that's just what's made the popular press. I mean, so much goes on that never comes to light. That would never reach our ears here in Australia. That's going on in other countries. And then even in Australia, we experience pain and suffering for being Christians as well. We experience the pain and suffering that comes from friends and family who are outraged at us for being Christians and for what we may say. And then the popular media here, it's, uh, I sometimes call it a media blowtorch, when they turn their full force upon Christians and expose things uh, and, and create innuendo and lies about Christians and what they're doing. Uh, it is indeed a fiery trial for anyone who has experienced the media's blowtorch upon them. And that happens here today. It happens in our country that we experience fiery pain of persecution so the question then is, how does a Christian respond to such persecution? How do we respond to fiery trials? And that's what Peter has some advice for us. In the next couple of weeks we'll unpack all his advice, but he has some advice for us firstly in verse 12, the verse we're looking at today. And so my second main point this morning is that a Christian should not be surprised by pain. Peter tells us firstly how to respond by telling us not something that we should not do in response To when we experience those painful trials. And so he says, a Christian should not be surprised by pain. It says that in verse 12 Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering, as though something strange were happening to you. When you experience painful trials, what advice did Peter have to give you? He gives you advice of what not to do, and what's that? Don't be surprised. We shouldn't be surprised. It shouldn't be a foreign thing for a Christian to experience pain. It shouldn't be a surprising thing for us. Why is it necessary for Peter to say this, that pain should not surprise Christians? Were the early Christians surprised when they experienced pain for being a Christian, when they experienced fiery pain? Well, yes, many of them were. For the Jews that became Christians, it wasn't such a, a surprise because the Jews had been persecuted for many years, uh, for centuries, for being Christians, for being followers of God. They were used to suffering for the name of their God. But for Gentile Christians, they had never experienced that before. And so it was a great surprise for them to suddenly be outcasts from society, to experience painful trials coming from god and from the people around them as they affirmed faith in jesus christ they were indeed surprised and are christians still surprised by pain today when peter says dear friends do not be surprised at the painful trial you're suffering as christians when we experience suffering when we experience immense pain are we still surprised by that fact well yes I often hear Christians saying it's unbelievable what people are doing to Christians around the world, that it's amazing. How can they do this to Christians? And some organisations seem to thrive on this outrage that, as though it's really strange that people would hate Christians in this world. It's a surprising thing, and it's as though something strange were happening to Christians around the world. People, Christians still seem to have this great surprise, when Christians are persecuted, when Christians experience fiery pain, painful trials. Well, why then would Christians be so surprised today? Why would we be surprised at it? Well, I think it's because the promises of the Gospel are so glorious. When you read in the pages of the New Testament the the benefits of being a Christian, they're overwhelming. I mean, you get peace with God, you get peace with fellow men, As you overcome the sin in your life, you get blessings from God. There's miraculous healings going on all over the place, particularly in the New Testament. There's freedom from eternal fire, fiery pain. You don't have that eternal fire of hell anymore. And so then it's not surprising with all the blessings that are associated with being a Christian in the pages of the Bible that then some people teach that you can have your best life here and now as a Christian. Some popular pastors in America teach that, that you can have your best life now. If you just become a Christian, you will experience great prosperity. No one will bother you. It'll be wonderful if you're a Christian. And I think it's because they've gotten confused about many of the great blessings that are said to be in the scriptures if you become a Christian. And also, I think we get surprised because we also read in the pages of the Bible and then affirm it, that God is sovereign. That God has all power and he's all good, all merciful and all gracious. And so then we think, well, if I become a Christian and God is sovereign, well, then of course he's going to have my back. He's going to protect me at all times from any attacks from anyone around me. And he's a good God, so of course he would do that. Because that's what I think a good God would do. And so we think, well, of course God will end suffering for Christians. Because he can, can't he? He's all powerful. He can do it. So, when pain comes along, we go, why is this happening to me? I'm a Christian, after all, with a sovereign God. Why should I be experiencing painful trials? But do the scriptures promise that we will have pain here and now? They do make promises in the Bible that we will have no more pain, no more suffering in heaven... But is there a similar promise here? Have those pastors in America that say you can have your best life now, have they got it right? Or does the Bible teach that we do indeed experience pain now, that we have many blessings now, but most of the blessings of being a Christian are yet to come? Well, yes, the Bible does teach that. There is a uh, now-not-yet understanding of the blessings of being a Christian. We experience some blessings now, but many are yet to come. And in fact... We are promised pain for being a Christian. Christ himself says in Mark's Gospel, uh, chapter 13, verse 9, he says, You must be on your guard, he says to his disciples. You will be handed over to the local councils and flogged in the synagogues. On account of me, you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them. And the Gospel must first be preached to all nations. Whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given to you at the time, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. All men will hate you because of me, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. That's the promise from Jesus about what's going to happen if you're a Christian. That's a pretty bleak picture, and so it shouldn't surprise us. If Christ promised that that would happen, then it shouldn't be a surprise. Peter is right to say it shouldn't surprise you. And Paul says in Philippians one twenty nine, he says that part of the promises of being a Christian is that you will be persecuted. It says, for it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him. There's two promises given by Paul there, what has been granted to you from God? One is to believe in him. It's a wonderful gift that God has given you faith in Jesus Christ. What's the other? Not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him. It's actually been granted to you to suffer for God. It's a promise that you will suffer if you become a Christian. And so it shouldn't surprise us. It shouldn't be as though something strange were happening to us when we suffer for being a Christian. In fact, it should surprise us if we're not suffering for being a Christian. That should be what's unbelievable. If you're not experiencing pain for being a Christian, could it be that you're not actually a Christian? You actually affirm to other people around you that you are a Christian in some way, or you believe in your heart that you are but you aren't actually experiencing pain, could it be that you aren't a Christian? That you haven't repented of your sins. You've taken the name of Christianity upon you, but you have never truly repented of your sins. You never truly believed in Jesus Christ. And so it's not surprising that you're then not getting this promise of being granted not only to believe on Jesus Christ, but also to suffer for him. If that's you, that you know in your heart you haven't repented, you haven't truly trusted in Jesus Christ, then I encourage you to do it now. You may say, well, why would I do that when you're going to say that I'm going to get pain? But there's great blessing to come. Suffer a little while now. Enjoy eternity, eternity of no suffering. suffering. That's, and, and, and then, then, then the, the other, other option, of course, is experiencing very, very little, little suffering, although are not suffering. suffering. Spreng. 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 The little, the little suffering and now, in and then the immense suffering for eternity. The eternity. They are there are options. Little suffering now, eternity of no suffering. No suffering now, or not much, compared to the eternity of suffering. I encourage you to repent repentant because you need repen- them sin- believe in Jesus Christ now. And if you do not experiencing something you need to have repentant and believed, well, could it be that you're not, not living the Christian life as much, as much as you should? Could it be that no one actually knows your Christian, so it's not surprising that no one actually, no 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 so no no actually hates be you being a Christian? What did you say is that all men will hate you because of many. They, they, they don't actually do because they, they don't know about, about. your trust in Jesus Christ. You don't know how many people at work with your Christian. You don't know how many friends or family about their Christian identity. You don't try and tell them that you believe in Jesus Christ. And, and you may, may not, not serve where way you should. should. I, I think, think it's very interesting, interesting that this verse 12 comes immediately after verses where Peter has told you to serve. It's, it's, it's been doing doing that, that since uh, verse eight, but we will be looking look at it in the father all love each wrong of and then each one should use whatever they believe to the the and And then the to God. And then the last thing we would look at that serves, he should do with the strength God provides for so all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and the power for every. And then he starts talking about pain. Why? Because if you start serving faithfully with God's strength, what's going to happen? You're going to start experiencing pain. You're going to start experiencing suffering for being a Christian. And so Peter then moves into a theology of pain because he knows that if someone obeys what he's just said, they're going to start to suffer and it's going to mess with their heads. They're going to get surprised. And so he needs to command them what they should do when it comes to pain for being a Christian. And so he tells us, don't be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering or as though something was strange were happening to you. And so if if you're not experiencing much suffering for being a Christian, is it because you're not serving as faithfully as you should be? You're not telling people about Jesus Christ and then getting bopped over the head for it. Maybe you need to start serving more faithfully. Yes, pain will come, but remember, it's only for a little while. Okay, so you shouldn't be surprised by pain. But how should you respond to pain? You know how you're not supposed to respond to pain by surprise. Does Peter have any any advice for you as to how you should respond to pain? How you should think about pain? What should you be your theology of pain? Does Peter have any compassion for you at all? Any advice for you, or does he just say, Don't be surprised and take it like a man and suck it up. Is that his advice for you? No, he speaks kindly to these people. Did you notice the first two words of verse 12? The translation there, dear friends. He's trying to, I think, come across as uh, the literal translation is beloved. He's trying to say, okay, I know this is a sensitive subject and you are my dear friends. So please listen to me as I start to talk about suffering and pain. Listen to what I have to say. I love you. I'm not going to say that I want pain on your heads, but this is how it is. He says, dear friends. And then what does he say? He says, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. And then he has some other advice as well, which we'll look at in subsequent weeks. But this week, I just wanted to emphasise in my third main point this morning that a Christian should treat pain as a trial. And that's there in verse 12. It says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful or fiery trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. We've got to understand when pain comes to us, when God grants us pain to suffer in Christ's name, it's a trial. It's not just painful, stop. It's a trial. It's an ordeal that we go through. What does it mean if it's a trial, if it's an ordeal? Well, this same word that he's chosen to use for fire here, fiery trial, is actually used in the Greek translation of the Old Testament book of Proverbs 27:21 for testing silver and gold, for testing the silver and gold, whether you put it under fire to see whether it really is silver or really is gold. And I think that idea then fits with this word trial or test, that God smelts us as Christian, tests us, whether we are really Christian by administering suffering and pain in our lives for being Christians. And Peter is really, I think, here recalling the idea that he already spoke about in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7. Just flip back one page, if you've got a black church Bible. 1 Peter 1, verse 7, when I preached on this before, I spoke about what's contained in verse 7, where it says, These have come so that your faith, of greater worth than gold which perishes even though refined by fire may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. What has come that proves your faith? Well it says verse 6, in this you greatly rejoice though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. When we experience tr- pain from God for being Christians, it's a trial. It's a test to see, what does Peter say, whether our faith may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Do you want to know if you're a Christian or not? Do you experience pain for being a Christian? That's the test, Peter says in 1 Peter 1 verse seven, and I think he's getting at that in 1 Peter four, 12 as well, when he says it's a painful trial. God is testing you whether you are indeed a Christian with that pain that comes for being a Christian. And so we shouldn't be surprised if we are a Christian that we experience pain and we should treat that pain when it comes as a trial from God whether we are indeed a Christian. It's a mercy because most Christians will suffer of some sort with the thoughts of doubt. Am I really a Christian at some point in their life? And this is one of the tests, whether you can see whether you are indeed a Christian. Do I experience pain for being a Christian? Do I experience pain? And if you say yes, well then there's a good chance that you are a Christian, that you are suffering for being a Christian, and so you are indeed a Christian. So when you suffer, or when you hear about people suffering from pain for being a Christian, Are you surprised? Are you outraged as though this is not how it's meant to be? That somehow this is outside of God's plan, God has lost control of the world? Or do you recognise what Jesus said and what Paul said? And know that this is part of being in a sinful world? That people hate Christians, people are depraved. I mean really, Christians should know most of all about why we suffer in this world because we know how depraved humanity actually is. We know how evil people are. The rest of the world thinks that humans are actually essentially good. But we know how bad people are, so when something happens to us that's painful for being a Christian, we should say, well, that makes sense with our doctrine of the total depravity of man. And then it makes sense with what the New Testament has promised us as well. And when you experience pain, do you accept it as for your good, that it's actually testing from God so that you can see whether your faith is genuine? And so you accept that suffering now while looking forward to more pain, no more pain, no more crying in the next life. You now know that there's a lot of not yet still to come, even though now you do have to experience some pain. Let us speak with our God now. Heavenly Father, we do recognise that in this world there is much pain and suffering for your people, for affirming Jesus Christ and that your word is not caught off guard by this but you indeed have provided knowledge for us that this is indeed in accordance with your plan, that you have not somehow lost control of the world but that you have planned that it is this way and that you have granted us fiery trials to test our faith to see whether it's proved genuine, to see whether we will fall away or whether we have indeed true faith because we stay firm in the midst of persecution. Lord, we pray that everyone in this room who affirms Jesus Christ as their Lord would not be surprised by pain when it comes but recognise that this is a test from you and stand firm in the faith. Continue to serve no matter what cost may come to them personally for being one of your people. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.